0: Well, I think uh, most of the young ones have left the room and hopefully have uh, to go have some fun. And I just want to say thank you for the chance to share my story. And this was sort of a, a God thing. that happened this week. A um, person who was scheduled to be here had uh, death in the family. And they said, Greg, uh, would you mind filling in? And I thought, well, I guess this is God's uh, sh- sort of prompting to share how God's working in my life uh, over the last few months. Um, and I'll, I'll share that whole story uh, as we go through. So I'm going to pray first so uh, I get my heart in the right place. You could join me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I, again, I thank you that you have chosen to use this time and this place to uh, share the message that you've given me. God, I pray that my words would be yours and uh, that I would be clear and that ultimately that I would reflect you and draw uh, myself and those in this room to you, Lord. May it be about you and glorifying you this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, sharing your story. Uh, why Why share stories? Next slide. Because people remember them. I mean, you think about it. Um, do you remember, if you think about a history class or anything like that, the best teachers are the ones that are storytellers. So hopefully, I want to share my story in a way that you can remember, uh, and maybe it would inspire you to share your story, because we all have one and it's how God's worked in our life. Um, And then as we go through these stories, uh, I want you to ask yourself, how does this story apply to me? What can I learn from this story? And then most importantly, what will I do with what I learned? Not just head knowledge, but hopefully it leads to action. So think about that as I go through uh, my story. So uh, next slide, here's what we're going to talk about today, here's the plan. I'm going to share my story, and then I'm going to share the story of Lazarus and and his uh, coming back to life. And then we'll go through a few key points, those take-home points, and some actions that I want you to take as a result of what we learned today. So if I don't do that, you can throw stuff at me, but that's my plan. Okay, so I'll start with my story. There's a timeline, which none of you can see, but that's okay. Uh, It's really for me so that I can remember what I'm supposed to talk about. So we'll we'll go from there. So... I grew up not far from here, literally not far from here, for those of you who don't know, right across the road. Um, but we didn't go to church here as a kid. I went to the First Lutheran Church. Mom and Dad took me there, Kevin and I there, uh, every week, or most weeks, I should say. Um, and I always went to the House of Szechuan after after church for lunch. I don't know whether you guys remember that. Um, there's how many House of Szechuaners do we have in there? That's right. Uh, oh my gosh, half the church, most of the church, so... You know what I'm talking about? So grew up going to church, learned a lot of stories, learned a lot of stories, whether it be you know uh, Abraham or Noah and the ark or Jesus and his death and resurrection, but they were stories. And I remembered the stories, but that second part was the part I missed, was the application. Um, I didn't realize that those stories were pointing to Christ and they were pointing to a relationship with Christ. and it wasn't until I got older that I realized that um, it was so much more than stories so hopefully today we get beyond the story and we get to the point where there's where I'm pointing you into a relationship with Christ if you don't have one that's that's the point of this story so um, my life seems like it's been a reflection of a theme of God is always working even if I don't know it um, and I'll start with after graduation and I'll try to get to this point where I'm at I'll do my best to not take forever because I still want to get to this Lazarus story, which I think is obviously more important because it's in the Bible. Mine's just me, um, but I want to share that. So, graduated from, from uh, Bell Fountain, went to Ohio University. I actually chose my degree at Ohio University because it required less math. It was going... Uh, you thought I was. I was not... Uh, so, went to OU, thought I was gonna major in interpersonal communications. I have no idea what I planned to do with that degree. Um, but I got there, um, it, it wasn't gonna happen. I, I, I realized I missed agriculture. It took me moving away and getting out of agriculture to realize I missed it. But that move to OU was, uh, got me included with a, a small group, a church there that was actually cooking home-cooked meals. And when you grew up a farm boy, you miss home cooked meals, and they had them. Uh, they were better than the food in the uh, cafeteria. And I learned about a relationship with Jesus, and I got I got baptized. So that was a awesome move to go to OU. Um, but again, missed missed agriculture. So I decided to transfer to Ohio State to where I could major in agronomy and crop science, and uh, have a ag business career. So get to Ohio State, join a fraternity, an ag fraternity. By the way, all these things are adding up. And the reason why they add up is because I spent a year at OU, lost some credit hours in the transfer, did some additional internship work, which meant I needed five years to get my four-year degree. Um, And Susan, it only took her three. So on the average, it took us four years. It worked out pretty good. Um, But that fifth year was when I met Susan. So, what a blessing. God is working even when I don't know it. So, at the time, I'm thinking, great, I get to go another year, and I don't really want to be in school anymore. That's when I met Susan. Uh, So thankful for that. Um, So, God is working even when we don't know it. Okay, I'm looking at my notes, trying to figure out where I am and what I've missed. Next page. So... um, one of the things I wanted to share, because I want to make sure I'm real, is that my time from baptism to graduation was not the ideal, uh, perfect Christian life. I, I was baptized, but I kind of got my ticket to salvation and lived like I didn't care. And that's not a good thing. And I'm just, I'm just here to encourage you that maybe, maybe you've messed up or maybe you're currently messing up. I don't know. But God was with me the entire time, and He never gave up on me, and He's not going to give up on you either. It's the story of the prodigal son. When he comes home, you know, what does, the, what does the father do? He comes running to meet his son who is totally screwed up. But he loves him so much that he, keep, that he comes running. And that's how God was with me. And I don't know where you are, but I want to encourage you. If you're in a spot where you're, where you're like, Ugh, I really don't even want to share how much I've messed up. God still loves you. Don't give up. Because you didn't give up on me. And here I am. So if, if God can change me, he can certainly change you. So, um, after I graduated, got my first job with, with Dow, Susan was still in school, um, and I chose to move to Tampa, Florida. It was Tampa, Florida or South Dakota, and I thought, hey, the weather's way better in Tampa than it is South Dakota. So I moved to Florida and learned about termites and uh, became, you know sold termite control products in, in Florida for a while. Why does this move matter? Well, it it matters for a couple of reasons. Because the first part, I was there for a year by myself. And I can tell you that when you're in an apartment in a city far away and everything you know is gone, it gives you time to reflect. And God reminded me that, hey, everything else you thought was important is gone. I'm still here. In those quiet moments when everything seems like you're all alone, He reminds you that you're not. And so that was so worth it. At the time, I didn't like it, but when I look back, I'm like, okay, I grew up a lot during that time, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be reminded that God is with us even when we feel like we're alone. The other reason why I think that Tampa time was so worth it was because we got involved um, in a life group, a small group, and that's one of the things that we're, we're talking about here at our church. It's been a, sort of an up and down battle. We've had them and we haven't. Um, but let me just say this, relationships matter. Those relationships we built with the folks in, in our small group in Florida, uh, we still stay in contact with them. They're some of our best friends. We, we may not see them all the time, but relationships matter. They mattered in Florida and they matter here. And I just want to encourage you that if you're not involved in something, there's opportunities to serve. Uh, we, just, we heard about that before the service started. There's opportunities in women's groups. There's opportunities in Sunday school classes. If, if you want to start a small group, start one. God is in it. God wants us to be involved in relationships. And I'll just say that um, when we think about how we use our time, we prioritize things that matter most. So when you tell me when when I say I don't have time, that's because I haven't prioritized my time with relationships. It's because I, I put myself first, I put my job first, I put my other stuff first. And so, if if you think relationships matter, then prioritize your time to reflect that, because connection is critical. We all need it, especially when you're going through tough times. You want people around you praying for you. You want you want to know that there's people that care. And believe me, I know I I am in that spot right now where I need people praying for me, and I appreciate it. I'm glad to have it. One of the other things that made uh, that time in Florida exciting is uh, one of that, that small group that we started in, our, in someone's house and ultimately hosted in our home, uh, was asked to be part of a church plant about 15, 20 minutes away from where we started. And being a part of starting a church was awesome. We, we got an old building that was uh, you know kind of a church that went out of business, for lack of a better term, tried to do our best to fix it up, cleaned up the classrooms. Susan did a lot of landscaping around there, as you know, that's her, that's her thing. So we made the place look sharp. Um, but this is the miracle that we got to experience there. The, now, keep in mind, we lived in Tampa, so there's people everywhere. But the first Sunday that we invited the public to join us, there were 400 people that showed up. That's a God thing. That's a miracle. That's an opportunity to see God working. Uh, fast forward a few years, that particular pastor was asked to lead a, a, a large church down the road. He said, I'm not leaving this church, but we'll join together. So they, they joined. Now this, it's a mega you know, multi-campus church making a huge difference in the Tampa Bay area. And it's cool just to be a part of it. I'm not taking credit for it, but I'm glad I got to be part of, of seeing that happen. And it's just a miracle of how of how uh, God works. That's the point. God if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. So we're in Florida for a while. I told you I missed agriculture. Still not in it. I'm selling termite control products in Tampa. Not exactly a cornfield. So, I we're praying, God, I just want to move back. I just want to go at least to the Midwest. Well, guess where Dow's headquarters is? Indianapolis. So I th- we were praying, God, get, maybe I'll get a job at, at corporate and I, I can move, at least north. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And finally, we were like, I guess, I guess Tampa's where it's at. Okay, so let's look for. We had a house. We wanted a, a little bit nicer one to, to raise a family in. We started shopping for a house. Guess what happened? Got the promotion. When we let go and say, "Okay, God," then, then I think sometimes He gives us what we were willing to let go of. And so, um, I thought it was an answer to prayer, but really, uh, the Indianapolis was not the dream I thought it would be. Um, living uh, a salesperson's life, where you're driving around visiting people all the time, moving to a cubicle in headquarters was like, Ugh, "This." I liked I liked the job, but I. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. And I was driving to work one day um, and I thought to myself, it's a re- really nice neighborhood. I mean, like super nice. And I thought, gosh, someday I'll live there. Maybe I'll have a fancy car like they do. And then it hit me. They, they come home from work just like I do. They have dinner. They probably fall asleep in the chair. I don't know if you do that, but I do. I mean, my kids can testify to that. Nine, thirty, ten o'clock, I turn into a pumpkin and that's about it. I'm But whatever it is, they're probably doing this, they put their pants on one leg at a time just like I do, right? So what's the point? I know they're traveling probably four weeks, three and a half weeks out of four. They're probably never home. Why do I want that? So I said, well, if I want to go home, if I want to be a part of farming, why don't I just do it? So we moved moved here. And that's how we ended up here. Uh, Dad and I, uh, we still farm and it's a blessing. I love it. And I, I got a job with a uh, Glades Provico, that's part of Sunrise now, i worked there for a couple years, and boy did I learn what I didn't know. It's a very humbling experience, I went to school for agriculture, really I was successful in sales at Dow, I get to the local co-op and I realize I don't know my, okay there's not a good way to say this, <laughs> but you know where I'm going, right? My butt from a hole in the ground, right? How's that one? All right, so I I, I really, I thought, man, I really cherish that now because I learned the importance of asking questions, and I learned the importance of humility, and it's made me a better person as a result of going through that time. So uh, worked there a couple years, finally got a job with Bear, um, and I was so excited about that. Then I was with Bear for 12 years. Had a great career there, nothing negative to say, other than about a month and a half ago when they let me go and it was because of a restructuring. Two companies joined together, not enough room for everybody. I had been there a while, um, so it's easy to let go of somebody uh, who'd maybe been there a while and moved up on the pay scale. Whatever. I know God has a plan, that's my point. I don't really know what's next, uh, but I can tell you God's in it, and I can tell you that one day, uh, actually it was last, it was on the way to the fair two weeks ago to feed the pigs, I'm sort of yelling at God. going, I want to go where you're asking me to go and you're not saying anything. Like, come on! I get back in the truck and I'll worship while I wait. He's playing. I thought, oh, thanks God. I guess I get to wait more. That's not the answer I wanted, but it's it's the answer. It's very clear. And then if you, if you listen to the words of that song, it's so good. Ah, I mean, because it's a... It, my kids can tell you, I'm not always the most patient person, especially after that 9.30 time frame. Um, but God's teaching me that if I just wait, sometimes miracles take time. So um, there's a video, and, I, and I'll, it's about five minutes, and I think it's worth it, so I want to share it with you. I'll sit down while, while the video plays, and then I'll get up and tell you the rest of my story and go back into uh, Lazarus. A genie
1: tells me I can only have one wish. Here's what I say.
2: Trust God. Two single syllable words that you have heard forever, but you will discover As time passes how difficult they are to obey. Trust God. Of course I have no way of knowing what the future holds for you. You may lose your home and everything in a fire. You may lose your spouse to an early disease detected but not cured you may lose your dreams your hopes you may lose a relationship that you have cultivated over the years all losses are painful
3: we prayed just as hard for my father when his health went downhill as we did for my mother we quoted the same scriptures we asked god to restore his health to let him live But my father went to be with the Lord. It didn't happen the way I wanted. There will always be unanswered questions. Why didn't my loved one make it? Why am I not getting better? Why did this person leave? Some things are not going to make sense, but God wouldn't have allowed it if he wasn't going to bring good out of it. You may not see it at the time, but God knows what he's doing. He has your best interest at heart. It's not
2: random. It's a part of his plan. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. All your heart. All your ways. Trust trust
3: but what about
2: when things aren't going
3: our way our prayers aren't being answered the problem isn't turning around we're not seeing favor too often we get discouraged thank God why aren't you doing something you can see I'm being mistreated my health isn't good I worked hard but I didn't get the promotion we think when it changes we'll be happy when I meet the right person when my health improves When we have this baby, then we'll have a good attitude. That's conditional trust. God, if you meet my demands, if you answer my prayers the way I want on my timetable, then I'll be my best. The problem with conditional trust is there will always be things we don't understand, something that's not happening fast enough. It didn't work out the way we want it. If I would have had conditional trust, I would have gotten upset, bitter God. Why didn't you answer my prayers? The truth is God did answer my prayer. It just wasn't the way I wanted. Are you mature enough to accept God's answers, even though they're not what you were hoping for? God is a sovereign God. We're not going to understand everything that happens. Faith is trusting God when life doesn't make sense. God doesn't take us in a straight line. There'll be twists. The terms, the disappointments, the loss, the bad breaks, they're all a part of His plan. But if you have conditional trust, you'll get discouraged and think, why is this happening? I'm going the wrong way, but God is still directing your steps. Trust Him when you don't understand. Trust Him even when it feels like you're going the wrong direction. Living worried, frustrated, disappointed, that takes our passion. It steals our joy and it can keep us from seeing God's favor and sometimes the closed doors, the disappointments, they are simply a test. God wants to see if we'll trust him when we don't understand it. When life doesn't make sense. We have to show him that we don't have to have the house to be happy. If we don't have the baby, we're not going to live bitter and sour. You believe in for your health to improve but when you can say if it doesn't get better god i'm still going to honor you i'm still going to be my best when god sees that you don't have to have it many times like him god will give you back what you were willing to give up are you living frustrated because your prayers aren't being answered the way you want your plans aren't working out take the pressure off god is in control He knows what's best for you. You're not always going to understand it. If you did, it wouldn't take any faith. I'm asking you to trust Him unconditionally. If you'll do this, I believe and declare God is going to work out His plan for your life. He's going to open the right doors, bring the right people, turn negative situations around, and take you to the fullness of your destiny.
0: And I'll just say this, um, a lot of times I think Joel Osteen, that's the voice there at the end, is uh, heavy on prosperity, uh, but in this case I think a lot of what he said is right, in that um, sometimes we don't understand it. And sometimes he may say no when we ask for something. Um, is he going to turn it all around and make it all awesome for you? I don't know. All I know is that God promises to be with us no matter what. And God will be with us no matter what. So I share this uh, picture up here. Um, sometimes, and this is by the way, this was on a on our vacation this year. We're on a, We're on this trail um, in Arizona, and you can see there's a snake across the path, and there's lots of prickly stuff, and you know. And sometimes, if we have our head down in the moment, we're thinking, God, why this is hot? This is uncomfortable. I'm thirsty. I don't like it. I don't like that you made me lose my job. Whatever. Um, but if we just keep going, and you can go to the next slide, um, and you can see there where, my, where Matthew's in the green shirt and Susan. We, got, we finally got to the top of the hill, and we turned around, and we we're like, wow. You couldn't see it. You absolutely, if you, didn't pay, if you weren't turning around, you totally missed it. You totally missed the beauty. We finally get to the top, turn around, and we go, ah. Okay. And sometimes in life, it's the same way. You're in the middle of it, and you're like, Why? This is awful. There's snakes. It's painful. And God's going, just wait. Just wait. And someday we'll turn around and go, oh, okay. Now I see why I had to go through that. And so um, uh, I, I want to share uh, the story of uh, Lazarus because I think it does a lot of the same things that we've been talking about. Um, it foreshadows, I believe, the death and resurrection of Jesus. It shows God's perfect timing, even when it feels really late, uh, and, and I think it reveals God's heart in His recognition of our pain. And this particular moment also was one that led the Pharisees to decide to crucify Christ, which were, as painful as that was, we're really glad it happened because His death and resurrection are why we have eternal hope. Amen. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read through this, and then I'm going to stop from time to time and kind of give you a little bit of what I feel like I I, I learned as I read through this. And once we're done here, then we'll go through those application and action stuff. So starting here with uh, John 11. uh, And I'm going to go from the beginning when this picks up at 7, but that's all right. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. We know this. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Um, this Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured out perfume and, on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair so the sisters sent word to Jesus Lord the one you love is sick D- do you have that map because I think I just want to share this briefly and then we'll go back to the, the story so I'm I'm looking at this picture and I'm going okay Jesus is uh, not all that far away so they're in Bethany Jerusalem's close I believe at this time Jesus had retreated to the area um, beyond the Jordan. That's my guess. I don't know, but if if they tell him and he waits two days before he leaves and, and he's been dead four days by the time he gets there, my guess is he's probably within a day, pretty close. Um, so I just want to give you this picture to, to kind of get an idea of the setting that we're in, okay? So uh, he hears that, G- he hears that uh, Lazarus is sick, and Jesus says... This sickness will not end in death. Nope, it's for God's glory so that God's Son may be be glorified through it. Here again, this difficult path we're in, this difficult time we're in might just be for God's glory. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Did you hear that? Jesus loved them. Now you think, what would you and I do? We'd rush. We'd be like, I am on my way. Jesus loved them, so he waited. His ways are different than ours. That's, that's it. They just are. And sometimes we don't understand it. But in this case, it was for his glory. Um, so then uh, he said to his disciples, after a couple of days, he said, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime won't stumble, will not stumble. For they see by this world's light, and when a person walks at night, that they stumble, for they have no light. Anybody have a hard time with that one? Because the first time I read that, I'm like, okay, I don't get it. So I did a little research. I think what Jesus referring to, was referring to here was the 12, there's an allotted time. In this case, 12 hours of daylight. Jesus knows he's got an allotted time. Right, and, and in the Jewish tradition, it was work right till the end of the 12th hour. Right, So he's going, I don't know when my 12th hour is. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going. There are 12 hours of daylight. I'm going to trust my heavenly Father and I'm going to go. And so that's what Jesus did. And then in the, the dark they're referring to, that's a picture of us trying to live on our own, trying to make our own decisions, trying to focus on our own abilities. We stumble around in the dark and trip and fall and wonder what happened. That's because we're not living in the light. When we trust you know, when we lean on our own understanding, that's when we mess up. So in this, this actually, as I'm, I'm glad I didn't get it at first because the more I researched it, the more I'm like, oh, go no matter what, no matter, even if it doesn't make sense, and, and to not lean on my own understanding. So here we are in verse 11. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. How many times do we not understand what God's trying to teach us? All right. So Jesus finally said, look, he told him plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Uh, Then Thomas, also called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us go that we may die with him. Now, I don't know whether this is sarcasm here or valor, but either way they're going. Okay. They know there's danger. They're going to follow Jesus. Whether it means death or not, they're going to go. So now we get to uh, verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. So there's a lot of people there. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, and Mary, she stayed home. "'Lord,' Martha said to Jesus, "'if you'd been here, my brother would not have died.'" I think there's, there's an invitation to be honest with God. She didn't say, good to see you, and try to be fake. She was like, if you'd been here, he'd be alive. But she also knows that God has the power, so she, there's, there's, there's faith there too. When she says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And she didn't get it, and she said, I know he'll rise again in the, res- in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus said to her, I want you to listen to this because this is for us. I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Guys, I'm going to read this one more time. And I want you to think about Jesus saying this to you. I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this amen amen because this this is it this is what it's all about right here i mean this is this is your moment i mean if you jesus is the light he is the way the truth and the life right this is he's saying i am the resurrection and the life and if you want life you're going to follow me do you believe this yes lord she replied i believe that you're the messiah the son of god who's come into the world And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher's here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where he had met Martha. When the Jews who had been there with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her thinking she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. And she said, Lord, you can guess what she said, right? Same thing her sister said. If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. They both had the same reaction. They both are being honest with God. Now Jesus sees her weeping, and all the Jews that had come along with her also weeping, and he's deeply moved, and he's troubled in spirit. I can just picture Jesus falling to his knees. He's probably crying, right? Because we know the the famous verse that many people quote, Kyle, Jesus wept. That's where it's from, Right? Jesus is so, I mean, he's moved. So I I take this and I see God understands my pain. He understands when we're struggling and he mourns with us. He loves so deeply that he he mourns with us and he did this here. Uh, Come and see, Lord, they replied. And this is where it says Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? They can see the love that, that Jesus has and he has that same love for us. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? There's always that person in the crowd, isn't there? There's always that negative, sarcastic person, and uh, some of us may be that person at times, I don't know. Uh, But ultimately, God had a different plan, and we have to trust Him even though it doesn't make sense. Of course, He could have healed him, but God wanted to show something different. There couldn't have been a miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead if He hadn't waited. So Jesus, once more deeply moved, he comes to the tomb, and this is I think he may be deeply moved at this point because he sees his own life in this moment. He'll be in a tomb. He will need to rise from the dead, and I think maybe he's foreshadowing his own, his own uh, death and resurrection. So it was a cave and a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor for he's been in there four days. And Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. If you want to uh, switch to the slide here as I read this last verse about Lazarus coming out of the tomb. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Guys, this is a picture of us. This is a picture of our life. This is, we are so screwed up in our sin that we stink. We're, we're dead, right? Eternally speaking, we have no, nothing worthy of eternal life, right? Without Christ. So in our, in our old self, we are dead and we are entrapped in our sin. And Jesus is saying, take off those grave clothes and let him go. And so I don't know where you are in your life right now, but if you if you're, haven't accepted Christ, this is an invitation to say, take off that old self and put on the new garment, the, the, be the new creation in Christ that you are. Be a joint heir with Christ. Because when God sees those of us who accepted, have accepted Christ, He doesn't see our sin anymore he sees the righteousness of Jesus. Take off those grave clothes and let him go. Jesus is calling you and I by the same thing. He's saying, take off those clothes. Um, so So whether it's my story of how God used little incidences, little circumstances to lead me closer to him and closer into relationship, or whether it's this story of Lazarus and his death and how Jesus was able to bring him back to life, I hope that through this, you might go, you know what? God's, God's worked in my life. God's working in my life. God, I'm in a tough spot right now, but I know you're working. Maybe that's your story. I don't know, but you'll have an opportunity to share that story. It may not be in front of a church, but it certainly might be at work. It certainly might be with your friends. Um, you have a story. Now, the best way to share Christ is to share how God's working in your life. That's all I'm doing is share how God's working in my life. And this story of Lazarus came to me as I was sort of struggling with this uh, loss of a job. And then I see as I, as I learn through this that God works through those difficult moments. God has a plan, and even though we think he's late, he's always right on time. So we'll switch to the application, and I'll make sure we, we don't miss any of this. So here's the three things I learned from, from my as I look back through my life. Trust God even when it doesn't make sense. God's timing isn't always in line with our timing because God has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. So let God be God and trust Him. And what did we learn from um, Lazarus? Number one, Jesus loves deeply. Maybe you don't feel like you're lovable. You are. God made you. He loves you. And if you're in, the, I don't know, I don't know where everybody's heart is, but if there's one thing I want you to know is that you're loved. You're loved by Jesus, and you're, and and hopefully you know you're loved by us. Um, God's timing is perfect, and He has a purpose, even when, in this case, Mary and Martha thought He was late, and I would have too, but God had a plan. And let go of your old grave clothes, put on your new life in Christ. Hopefully you can you can find the hope that that is in Christ, um, and the comfort that is in and being a believer so if you'll bow your heads with me I'll I'll pray as as I close and then Pastor Rob will come up God help us to trust you even when it doesn't make sense help us to believe that your plans are good and that you truly have our best interest in mind why? because you love us help us to trust you enough to slow down and be still and just know that you're God God thank you for your faithfulness over the years and throughout our life and throughout the lives of those in scripture. Um, And we thank you in advance because we know you'll continue to be faithful in our lives. We love you and we put our lives in your hands and we trust you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Funny thing about that Lazarus story, um, you, it teaches us that you have to be willing to die if you want to be raised to life. You get that? And I think sometimes, as Greg has, has told us, that's that's one of the hardest things to do is to die to ourselves and to let go of those dreams that we think we have in order to be raised to life in something greater that God intends for us. And uh, thank you, Greg appreciate you sharing your story. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And my, and my hope with this series, this intermittent series, is that by him being willing to share his story and Jeremy a few months ago, that you'll be willing to share your stories. Yes, with your friends at work, but maybe even here too. Because I think we need to encourage one another in our walks with God. Remind ourselves that God is here. Yeah? So your story. Learn it tell it, embrace it, because that is the story that God has written for you. Part of our story is each other, is we're going to pray for